0: Brandon Ingram made his return for the New Orleans Pelicans after missing 29 games. Bad news! The Pelicans had an absolutely disastrous third quarter in their loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's make sense of it all in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans lose a real... Brutal one, actually. I thought to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 111 102. will make sense of this game, particularly the third quarter? We're going to look at Brandon Ingram, who returned. That's at least really good. And what do the Pelicans do going forward? That's today's show. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team the good, the bad, like the loss to the Timberwolves. The Trade Talk, and we're going to look at a guy like John Collins in tomorrow's show, along with some other ones. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, this was a tough game. This is a game that should leave a bad taste in your mouth. A 111 102 loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. A game where the Pelicans led by as many as 12 in the first half and looked like things were going to be okay. And then WTF was that third quarter. And we'll look more at that in the next segment. But I want to start with Brandon Ingram returning. This was at least good for the Pelicans, this was important. He was supposed to fix things, right? He was supposed to get the Pelicans off their five-game losing streak. He was supposed to get their offense going. He was supposed to show that this team is really good. So to have a game like this feels a little bit like a letdown. It's not even a little bit like a letdown. It feels like a big letdown. You should be frustrated with this one, but looking at it a little bit closer, and that's kind of my job here, right? You see a couple of things that maybe makes this understandable to a a certain degree. I don't want to give them a blank pass on this one because that third quarter was freaking bad, y'all. But Brandon Ingram was on a minutes restriction. He played under 26 minutes in this one. They subbed him out in the first quarter after playing less than four. They were very clearly limiting his minutes. Meaning he's not going to have kind of an outsized impact on the team in this game, just doing what he can and not really always being able to be out there. So you're running a suboptimal rotation because of that. He was also very clearly rusty, very clearly rusty. He was four of 18 from the field. 22.2% for 13 points. Did have five rebounds, five assists. Looked like himself at times, too. There were a couple of fadeaway shots that he hit. A couple times he got down low, really attacked the basket hard, didn't really convert. The three-point shot wasn't there at all as he was 0 for 6. New Orleans shot terribly from three in general in this game outside of two dudes and CJ McCollum and Devontae Graham. Thank you, Devontae. And... It was just rough, but this is understandable. The guys missed 29 straight games, two months of action. He wasn't going to be perfect. You knew there was going to be a ramp up period. And I was on ESPN radio with Gus Gill saying like, don't think he's going to look like Brandon Ingram of old playing 38 minutes, going out and scoring 40 points. There was going to be a rough kind of adaptation adjustment period. It's unfortunate. It just happened, but it was expected. We should have known that this was going to be a thing. This makes sense. So it helps put a little bit of context around. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be frustrated with some of the play that we saw, but at least it kind of makes sense. And that's what I felt is kind of going on with this team. Everything makes sense. Struggling without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson makes sense. BI coming back, not being himself makes sense after 29 missed games. It's just unfortunate. Like, it's just unfortunate, and you just kind of do the shrug emoji of like, what should be happening here? Probably this. That's why I'm not really panicking when I see the team sliding in the standings. I don't really know what else was supposed to happen here. This makes perfect sense to me. It's unfortunately going according to a pretty awful script. Some of the things, though, in this game didn't make sense. That third quarter, which I'll look at a little bit more in depth in the next segment, didn't make sense. Some of the offense that we saw out there on the court when they were trying to generate points didn't make sense. Let's start with Herb Jones in this one. 0 for 5 from 3. Bombing away at times. And throughout a lot of this game, I kind of liked that he was taking those threes. They were leaving him open. You know what? I know he's not shooting well at all this season. It's been pretty rough, frankly. But if they're going to give you an open three-pointer, just take it. At a certain point, you hope the threat of him shooting either is going to get the defenses to bend a little bit, or the shots will just go in and burn them. But then you look at Herb Jones, who going into this game was shooting under 29% from three. Going 0 for 5 probably isn't right. You know, you have Trey Murphy starting out there, too. If Herb is going to go 0 for 5, wouldn't you prefer those shots to go to Trey? Now, he only took three threes in this. He only took five shots total. Herb was two of nine. He probably needs to be taking those shots from Herb. Now, defenses aren't leaving him open like they're leaving Herb Jones, but you've got to find a way to make sure it's Trey Murphy or someone else getting those shots. I don't mind shooting more threes. New Orleans took 38 in this. They normally take around 30 per game. Shoot more threes. Your offense is bad. Just shoot more threes and see what happens because you don't have it anywhere else. You also need to make sure it's somewhat the right guys shooting those threes. And right now, it's probably not Herb Jones. Credit to him for firing away. And if one goes in, maybe it creates a cascade and others go in too. And that could be good. But when you have Trey Murphy out there, let him get more than five shots. Let him get more than five shots. Try and find a way to have him moving to get a little bit open for a kick-out three or a pass-out three like you're doing with Herb Jones. You need to figure out... A way to get your shooters more threes if you're going to try and shoot more threes. The Pels were 12 of 38. That's not going to get it done. It's a big part of why they lost in this game. And yeah, when you look at the third quarter, right? Just nothing, going on there at all let's look at that a little bit more because that's where the pelicans lost this game getting outscored in that quarter 39 to 21 it's an 18 point differential feels like it should have been way more than that let's kind of break down what happened there because that's where the pelicans lost the game coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. The NBA season is here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And new customers join today to get started with one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com/lockedon. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props plus you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay was sitting right behind a guy who had a seven leg parlay almost got there would have paid out three hundred dollars off a five dollar bet it was close too. hit six of the seven legs that's awesome Go make your money by knowing what's going on. He clearly had the right idea. You can do it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, NBA fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. And guess what? We got a Locked On Saints podcast doing everything for the black and gold. So Sean Payton's maybe not getting another job now. Is that the kind of new thing. I heard there was a mystery secret team in there, too. Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints, breaking it all down for you. Can we please get it resolved? And get it resolved in the Saints' favor? Go check out Locked on Saints. Ross Jackson making sense of everything with Sean Payton. That should be your second listen. The Pelicans didn't like the second half of this game. Falling to the Minnesota Timberwolves again 111-102 where they lost this game after having a 12-point lead in the first half was the third quarter. That was an outright debacle, disaster for the Pelicans. It's it's tough to explain what happened. One of my pet peeves when I hear podcasters or people on Twitter go is in a game like this, it's a really disappointing loss, right? This one took me a little bit to kind of plan out. I have my show notes. I outline my open, my first segment, my second segment, my third segment. And I'll hear a podcaster or someone else come on a show and go like, I don't even know where to start. Like you're a professional. You should know where to start, right? That's why you have a show. So I had to take some time to really make sense of this game to not say that because it really kind of felt like that, right? What the hell Happened in the third quarter. 21 points for New Orleans, 38 sorry, 39 for the Timberwolves. You had Anthony Edwards, who had 20 in the first half, come in and score 11 points just like that. Right off the bat, within the first three minutes, I think, of the third quarter, they had no answer for him. He finished with 14 in that quarter. The defense just completely fell apart. Anthony Edwards was slicing them up. He was making threes, and he got into a groove and a rhythm, and it just opened things up for every single other person on that roster. Kyle Anderson was making shots. Rudy Gobert was making shots. Ugh. D'Angelo Russell also uh hitting shots. And New Orleans, on the flip side, had nothing. Brandon Ingram played six minutes in this quarter, two points. Trey Murphy got to the line, scored two points. Valanchunas, two points in six minutes. Herb Jones, nothing. CJ McCollum, one of five in the third quarter, three points. Najee, two. Devontae Graham, the hero right there, six points. He was a perfect 4-4 on the night. He should shoot more. Like He should shoot more. Y'all know me. I'm not the biggest Devontae Graham fan, but I actually think he's been really good on defense recently, and he was really good again on defense in this game. Look, if you're not scoring anywhere else, you know, he went 0-3 for 3 against the Denver Nuggets. Just shoot more. <laughs> what do you got to lose, team? Like, give him the green light to go ahead. And it was 4-4 in this game. Maybe that means something. Maybe you can get him going. Billy Hernan Gomez, four points, perfect 2-2. That's also good. But there was just not enough offense overall. And when you realize that's happening, why is Jose Alvarado not getting minutes? Jose Alvarado sparked you in that kind of comeback loss unfortunately against the Denver Nuggets play him more this is a guy that's willing to attack and get downhill and try and do things and then you have all these other passive jump shooters at times when they're not shoot- making their shots i'm fine if your your plan is to just take a ton of threes and bomb it away but they weren't even doing really that you know they took 19 shots in that period, 10 of them were three, so it's a little over 50%. Just go, just go all with it, man. I, if you're going to have a point where they had nine points like three-quarters of the way through the third quarter, do something else. Do something else. Make a change. This is why I find it a little bit ridiculous that Kyra Lewis Jr. is in Canada with the Birmingham squadron to get reps G League reps. I talked about this on yesterday's show too. G League reps don't matter for an NBA player, which is probably what Kyra Lewis Jr. is. It just doesn't matter. It's not actually good reps for him. He's better than all of those guys. He's faster than all of those guys. There's no rim protection there. I don't even need to look at his stats from this. I don't care what it was. He's better than that. That's not going to do him any good. You're a bad three-point shooting team right now you've been a bad three-point shooting team maybe just put in dudes who instead of shoot threes attack the basket but you can't even do that because he's not with the team and then Dyson goes down in that Denver Nuggets game and you don't have him here you had three straight home games why is he not with the team just in case something happened they were planning on getting Brandon Ingram back they're planning on getting Naji Marshall back that you know gives your rotation a little bit of stability hindsight's a thing and looking at it don't look great does it i don't get that it's not because they want you know uh uh, masai ujiri and the toronto raptors to look at him and be like this dude's good ujiri is one of the better gms in the league if he's going to trade for someone because the guy's killing it in the g league it's not going to happen he doesn't value that that that's that's a bad thought that's not why he's up there they just want to give him some reps because they were going to just bury him on the bench during this they had no intention of playing Kyra at all otherwise he would be with the team and he probably would have gotten minutes these past two games minutes they maybe could have used because you have a lot of other guys that aren't getting it done particularly in the third quarter where no one had anything what are you going to do not score when Kyra's on the court okay that's the same as what's happened here and I don't actually think Kyra's that good or Kyra's the answer But early Devontae Grant minutes, though, he was good in this game. I want to give him a lot of credit. He was actually really good in this game. But you get the idea, right? Early minutes for Billy Hernan Gomez probably aren't the answer in the third quarter. You got to do something different. And this team refuses to do that. The rotations at this point are a big question mark. It's clearly not working. You're on a six-game losing streak and you're repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. I was talking to someone about this today. You know, you can make mistakes. You just learn from them and don't repeat the same mistake. Then they're not really mistakes. They're just learning experiences at that point. When you keep doing it over and over and over again, they're not learning experiences because you're not learning anything from it. They're just mistakes. The Pelicans need to figure this one out. you got to must-win game, a must-win game on Saturday against the Washington Wizards. I don't know if they're actually going to win that right now based on what we've seen from them. Do something else. They're going to have a day off on Thursday. They're going to practice on Friday we'll see because this ain't it. I will say there's one area I want to give Willie Green a ton of credit on. Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you. all break it down. Everything you want to know about this team, the good, the bad, the trade talk. We'll look at John Collins and more trade targets tomorrow because... Maybe the Pelicans need to do something, though I'm actually not the biggest believer in that, but we're still going to look at all the trade targets and people that they're linked to that would make sense for this team, and I do think John Collins is one of them. Now, for your second listen, go check out NBA Game to Game. You know, I do a minute recap, a minute thing after every game during the week. And then all of of our hosts do that. They get compiled into one show that's 15 minutes long. Gives you all the biggest stories around the association. Great way to recap everything that you need to know. That's NBA Game to Game on the Locked On NBA feed. You can also find me on Locked On NBA, our national show, on Wednesdays. So there was one, while I'm frustrated with Willie Green at times, you know, I don't think the end of game plays have been great. I don't think the rotations have been good. And you've just got to do different things. Come on. There was one area where I was pretty happy with him in this game. And that was when he got tossed, got thrown out of the game after Jose Alvarado picked up a pretty BS tech After he was called for a foul where he shoved a guy, and he very clearly shoved the guy. He was frustrated with that, threw the ball on the ground, and they teed him up. You got to let these guys show emotions. It's a weak tech Refs this year in the NBA have been bad. Bad. You got to let guys show emotion. And Willie Green stood up for his guy, for his player, and got right in the ref's face and quickly picked up two techs and got tossed. And it sparked something from New Orleans. Now, one of the funnier parts of this was Will Green said, and this, thank you, Mason, Mason Ginsburg of Boot Crew Media, caught it, and in Will Green, who refuses to swear and is like the nicest dude in the world, instead of saying what it was, what it truly, truly was, told the refs that that call, that tech on Jose was, and I'll quote him on this because I can and I won't get in trouble. That's bullcrap. Said, that's bull crap. Didn't, didn't call it bull, something else. It called it bull crap and got tossed. Two quick texts. Um, and that was the right move. He doesn't do that enough and you don't want to do that a lot. Look, he gets fined. You know, It's it's easy for me to say, go get thrown out and get fined 25 dollars $50,000 um, when I'm not the one paying the fine, certainly. And please don't find me that amount of money. But he needed to do something like this to just create some energy, to create a spark for this Pelicans team, and that did it. They, they started to play in the fourth quarter. They started to play in the fourth quarter, but unfortunately the hole was just too big and the defense wasn't there, as you still had guys making shots, just random players at times for the Minnesota Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell hitting a three, Jaden McDaniels hitting a back-breaking three at times too. that just was a little too late. But it sparked something. It also got Jonas Valanciunas back in the game. and He went a perfect three of three in that quarter, finishing up with two putbacks in that period as well, really helping New Orleans. I don't know why they don't play enough through him at times. Maybe it's because you have guards that really struggle to get him the ball. But again, it speaks to the rotations with Willie Green. He, he I haven't been thrilled with some of the stuff we've seen from him recently, but sticking up for your player, Getting getting the ejection, knowing you're going to pay the fine to just spark something, the right move at the right time. It got the crowd right into it. The Smoothie King Center was going nuts. It was rocking. CJ did some weird stuff during some free throws where he just kind of stood in the middle of the lane talking to a ref, holding a play, which allowed more fan boos and stuff and chance to rain down on the refs and maybe rattle them and the Timberwolves a little bit. It's actually a pretty fun time in there, despite what was unfolding in front of us when it came to the game. But the big takeaway from this is, look, BI is going to be a little bit rusty. He'll get it back. He'll end up being okay. But they got to make some other changes. They've gotta make some other changes to try and pick up a win here and there. They're only half game up on the Los Angeles Clippers right now. I'm not panicking. This makes sense to me. None of this seems out of the ordinary. This is all kind of what I expected. Doesn't make it less disappointing. Doesn't mean you can't try some other things to try and get some wins and not just be content with this, which is what it it feels like the Pelicans are right now. And I know they're not but stop making some of the same mistakes over and over and over again. And we'll see if things change this weekend. But tomorrow, we'll look at some trade targets for the Pelicans. Maybe they really need to make a move. John Collins and others, that's coming up tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans, so sh- be sure to listen. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to look at trade targets.